You are listening to Infertility Bites. This is a catharsis podcast. Infertility bites, but it bites a bit less when you're not alone. My name is Casey, and I am blessed to be joined by my co-captain in this journey, my wife, Sarah. Hello. On this series, we're going to talk about our experiences dealing with infertility. It is important, however, to note that we are not doctors or even experts, just you know, people who understand how difficult it can be. Each person's journey is unique, like a fingerprint, so it's best to leave the medicine to the professionals. Last episode was a bit emotional, as we talked about why we advocate not waiting to start treatments. Make sure to check out that episode if you haven't, but be warned, we do discuss loss of loved ones. This episode, we have a couple things to talk about. First up is something we felt a bit blindsided by during our treatment, which is egg attrition. And then we're also going to quickly talk about some financial aid options that you may not be aware of, grants. So to start off, I came up with this idea. Uh, I saw an uh, article come across, uh, I think it was on Twitter, for fertilitysmarts.com had an article. Um, and I'm going to put the link to the Fertility Smarts article in the show notes because I'm not going to do this article justice when talking about what <laughs> it says. I highly recommend you go check out uh, this article. Check out a lot of the stuff on their website. They've got a lot of yeah. great stuff there. Um, but they're talking about egg attrition. Uh, the article is called From Eggs to Blastocysts, Understanding IVF Attrition. And... It's something that I think is important to um, to to know about because they don't explain it to you. They didn't explain it to us when we started no. our IVF treatment. And it can get really confusing and kind of hit you uh, sideways when it happens um, if you're not prepared for it. So what, what it really comes down to is through the course of your treatment, you're going to be given some numbers. You're going to be given some numbers like, uh, like this is how many follicles you have. This is how many, um, eggs we retrieve. This is how many, whatever, so on and so forth. Right. Um, and they're not going to exactly explain to you why the number goes down. Yeah. And that's why this is kind of important to, to understand the number will go down. And you will not necessarily be explained why. So what we're going to kind of talk about, I'm going to go through the steps. Like I said, this article covers it a whole lot better uh, than I will, but it's important to at least get it out there. And this gives you an over, uh, overview of it. So, so the first number that they're probably going to give you, especially when you're going through a full IVF, is the number of follicles you have as you get into the treatment they're going to start doing the ultrasounds and they're going to do their counts of, of it they're going to give you an estimate and they might say oh you've got 25 follicles or 30 follicles we think yeah. right but you got to keep in mind with that is those are all estimates based on what they're counting on a little computer screen a little monitor uh based on a fuzzy picture from an ultrasound <laughs> right so um, it may not be an accurate count, number one. Number two, sometimes the, the, you have a mature follicle that actually has no egg inside it. It looks mature. It looks full. Yeah. 
there's nothing in it for them to retrieve. Sometimes you don't have the number of follicles that they thought you had. They counted them when they go in to do the retrieval. Not all of them are there. Um, sometimes there are these things called cumulus cells that don't contain an egg inside, but it looks like a follicle, it grows like a follicle, everything else like that. So there's a lot of things that can go when go down from that. So they say you got 30 mature follicles, but then they go in and when they do the retrieval, they only pull out 20 eggs or less. I think when we did ours, yeah, I think it was 16. So we were talking about yeah, 16 uh, eggs after having mid 20s and mature follicles, something yeah. like that, right? Um, but they don't exactly, again, explain to you why yeah. I mean, it's a for, lower thing. For me, I was just, as long as they were saying we were on the path, mm-hmm. I was like, you're the doctors. Yeah. <laughs> you know what you're talking about. Yeah, you do just kind of have to trust the process at that point. But it would be nice to at least have understood why when they say you had 24 mature follicles and now you only have 16 eggs, why there was that eight drop. This is why some of those follicles didn't have eggs in them. Some of those follicles didn't exist. Some of those follicles weren't actually follicles, right? Um, Then you've got attrition during fertilization. So for IVF, of course, they're they're, uh, fertilizing it outside of of the body. They may be doing it with uh, ICSI, which is intracytoplasmic sperm injection, which is the fanciest one. (laughs) <laughs> where where they're actually injecting a sperm into each individual egg. We didn't have to do that. We were able to do just the traditional IVF, which is they put the egg and the sperm in a Petri dish, and it happens the air quotes natural way <laughs> in a Petri dish. In a Petri um, dish, that's, yep. Um, but so uh, when they do the insemination, you will likely have some egg loss at that point. Because some of the eggs will not fertilize, yeah. right? When they harvest the eggs and then they go through, some of them might not even be actually mature eggs that they when they harvest. Some of them will be, right? So let's say 80% of the eggs that they harvest were mature. So in our case, uh, 16 eggs uh, harvested, that means about, 13 of them mature right um and then when they go to fertilize them not all of them are going to fertilize yeah um and at that point 70 to 80 percent is a considered a good fertilization rate in our case um i think when when they first called back we had like 12 that they said took yeah because they called every day to mm-hmm. give us an update which was nice i mean but then uh as the days went by it got a little bit lower and a little bit lower and a little bit lower and in the end if i'm remembering correctly which keep in mind it's been three years so my memory is not always the best on it but i think when it came finally time for the the actual procedure to implant it we had eight eggs left. 
uh, eight eggs that, that had um, sufficiently fertilized, gotten to the blastocyst development and, and all of that. And so we went from mid-20s to 16 to 12 to 8. Yeah. And, and we were lucky because, I mean, you can not have any yeah. of that succeed. Mm-hmm. In fact, they, they often call, when I talk about going from 12 down to 8, they call that the day 3 drop. They say a big drop in numbers usually occurs between day 3 and day 5 of embryo development. Um, not all embryos will be able to form a blastocyst, and that's because the egg might have everything in it to get to day three and then just not have all of the stuff to get past there. Uh, and so at that point, it drops down to eight. And then um, if you're doing things like, uh, you know, if they're freezing the eggs, some embryos have too poor quality to survive a freeze. No, oh, I didn't think Some, I knew that. You know, and there, there's a lot of this stuff. So that's where the numbers keep falling. Uh, in the end, like I said, we had eight. We chose to, we were in a situation where they allowed us to choose to, to implant more than one egg. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they highly recommend you don't. Um, uh, that's going to be a discussion you'll want to have with your doctors. There, in our situation, they said implanting two eggs doesn't greatly increase your chances, but it does increase them slightly. And we didn't know if we were going to have a round two. So if if, for us, it was all in. Yeah. If it was uh, increase it from 51% to 52%, that's still a positive movement. We're going (laughs) to take it. Um. But that's that's what it comes down to is you see this drop in egg numbers and no one really explains why. And I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about why that happens, because it's it's important to be prepared because it can get really disheartening when you see these numbers go down. You're not not hearing why, you know, and you're like, why? Why are they going down? Are we is something wrong with our eggs? Is that what's going on? Is there? something wrong with my sperm that it's not taking or what what's going on a lot of this is natural as part of the thing in the end um you're gonna have a number hopefully a positive number of eggs that are ready for transfer um there are other things that can happen during this time genetic testing and all that stuff but we're not talking specifically about that we're just talking about being prepared to watch that number go down and understanding that yeah. it's part of the process uh, unless your doctor is concerned with it, you shouldn't be concerned with it, right? Um, but it's part of the process and it's kind of one of those things that took us by surprise when we went through it. Like I say, I'm going to have a link to the full article in the doobly-doos for the episode so that you can uh, go and read it and and understand it a little bit closer because these people are really good at writing uh, in a way that makes it easy to understand uh, for dumb meatheads like me. Um, But then we're going to go ahead and move on to the other topic I wanted to talk about because this is another thing 
that no one really like talks about it when you're going through it and it's easy to overlook. And that's, we've talked before about how to pay for things. Yeah. And one of the things that we didn't even know about and we wish we did is there are a variety of grants out there. See, when I think of grants, I think of something for a business Mm -hmm. or a charity. I mean, but never, I never actually would have thought there was something you could do like this. This is pretty good. Pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. I wish we'd have known about it. So uh, if you just searched for like financial assistance, infertility treatment, you're going to find a bunch of them. I'm going to talk about a couple of the places that I specifically went to and, and some of the stuff there. Um, but the biggest one that I want to talk about, it's uh, on a website, resolve.org. A resolve is a national infertility association, um, and they've got an entire page on grants that you can apply for. Um, and I'm not going to go through each of them because there's grants that are sometimes regional. Um, there are some grants that are um, situation specific. All that stuff, but it's something to be worth going to. So resolve.org, you can find the the page there. I'll try to remember to put the link to this one in the doobly-doos as well. Um, There's also Progeny, which is another fertility uh, organization. And they've got a page that includes some uh, for them, including, like I say, some of them that are more situational-based, like LiveStrong has a... um, uh, grant that you can apply for if you're dealing with infertility as a result of cancer treatments. Um, hence the Livestrong Foundation. But all of these grants here uh, that you can find through these things are something that we didn't even know about, we didn't even think uh-huh. about when we were going through. Now, a word of warning, most of the grants have a processing fee of some sort um, that... They got to pay their employees. They got to do all this stuff. It's understandable. My thoughts are on it. If uh, if you're going through this, look through as many of the grants as you can. Try to pick the ones that you think most apply to you. And if you have to drop a hundred or two hundred dollars on on applying for a couple grants. Uh, but I could save you for a ten thousand dollars, ten fifty thousand dollars. You know, I, it's... um, it's worth it, right there. So, so those are two progeny dot com and resolve dot org are two of the ones that I wanted to bring up. What kind of got me? I actually learned about these from uh, I read an article about the Bundle of Joy Fund. Um, Samantha and Kyle Bush, Kyle Bush, the NASCAR driver. Apparently, uh, I did not know this, but apparently they had to go through infertility treatments for their kids. And uh, they say they were fortunate enough to be in a position that they could pay for it. But they understood that a lot of other people weren't. So they set up their own fund called the Bundle of Joy Fund. Um, It's specifically for people going through infertility in North Carolina or South Carolina, where they're from. Um specifically at a specific clinic in North Carolina. Um, But when reading about that, it made me, it kind of opened the door to me looking for a bunch of other um, options. 
And financial aid is an option that just I didn't think about when we were going through our, and it could help a lot. And so, you know, on the resolve.org, there's the Baby Quest Foundation. It awards grants twice a year, ranging from two to $16,000. It is a combination of money grants and medication coverage. That's nice. Um, so that's something there. There's requirements. The This resolve.org gives you a link straight to the page where you can read the requirements. Um, the application of $50 fee. Um, but that's something that you can go to there. There's some of them that are like specifically for uh, Chicago area, residents of Illinois, Indiana, or Wisconsin. You know, there's Cleveland clinics. There's Texas. There's. Uh, Footprints of Angels that supports women impacted by recurrent miscarriages and infertility. So if you're if you've been impacted by a a lot of miscarriages, this is something that could definitely help you there. Um, And so, you know, just going through this list and even more than that, just going and Googling financial assistance, because these are just two of the hundreds of pages i'm seeing alliance for fertility preservation dot org uh fertility hq excuse me fertility iq dot com looks like they've got a page of grants and it just is one of those things that it's so easy to get lost in the shuffle but there are a lot of people who've gone through this and and they have set up foundations to help other people yeah and going through and applying for a few grants um, could could be the difference between being able to afford something and not, you know, and, and that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, part, part of what our podcast has been about is normalizing, talking about infertility, and one of the ways to normalize it is to understand that it's a medical condition and just like every other medical condition, sometimes you need some help with it. Yeah. And there are lots of places out there that can help. So that's really all I wanted to kind of talk about. Like I say, I'm going to put a link to, to some of those, but just searching for on Google financial assistance, infertility treatment. Yeah. And who was the race car? Cause I don't know. NASCAR. Kyle Bush and well, his wife, Samantha. I, I, I applaud them because, you know, when they ha- when people have the money to do things, they don't bat an eye. I mean, for us, when we found out that that was the way we were going to have to go and just knowing the cost, I mean, right there, I think I almost had a little mental breakdown because, you know. So I applaud people that when they realize that they are fortunate and they can help even just a few people every year, I think that's really wonderful. Mm-hmm. And so that's really all I kind of wanted to talk about today was just say, hey, listen, there are people out there who have set up these organizations to help you. And not everyone's going to get free money from these. I get it. But you don't get it if you don't try. And we didn't get it because we didn't try because we didn't even know about it. So if me talking about it, this one here, we never even once just typed it in and just typed in Google help paying for fertility. And that's the deal is, and I'm, I'm betting we're not the only ones out there who didn't even think that maybe there's a grant that could help me on this. So if this podcast can 
help even one person out there apply for a grant, get a grant and help them, then we've done our job. Yeah. So hop on the Google machine and search for some grants. I, I bet you'll find something that you at least qualify for to apply to. Um, and I, it, it easily could be worth the money. But that is all I think we had to talk about today. Um, looking for some more stories to talk about on this. Uh, we've mentioned on the last couple yes, podcasts. Um, this show really works best when listeners are submitting their stories. So Facebook, Twitter, um, our email, infertilitybytespodcast at gmail.com. Um, in the doobly-doos for this, there's going to be a link to our flow page that's going to have, uh, I think it's even the top one on there, submit your story here. Um, it's a Google form. You can fill it out with your information. You can uh, ask to be kept anonymous if you want to, or you can proudly display your name. Uh, either way is fine with us. But we would love to tell your story regardless of where you are in the story. These aren't all about success stories. These are about in-treatment stories, and we'd love to tell your story. If you are enjoying the show, leaving a review on whatever platform you listen to it on is great. It definitely helps other people find the show. And if you're comfortable sharing this on your social media, your Facebook, your Twitter, your um, TikTok, whatever, <laughs> whatever, um, that'd be very much appreciated there because... The more you get the word out on this, the more people hear it, the the farther our reach goes, and the more people we help with this. So, But uh, for now, I think we're just going to wrap things up for this week. Um, may your dreams for tiny feet be answered soon. Thanks for listening. And yes. as always, we're going to let our little scientific miracle send us off with love and kisses. Bye. I love you. Hello. Hello. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.